river kingdoms, a constantly shifting group of city-states, kingdoms and fiefdoms, rising and falling through the machinations of would-be conquerors, wars, assassinations, games of politics, and dangerous monsters. South of Brevois sits the Stolen Lands. Stolen from what and when are a matter of some debate. Currently overrun by bandits and monsters. Brevois seeks to aid in the establishment of new kingdoms, buffer states, run by anyone strong enough and clever enough to carve a kingdom out of the savage wilderness. Caelan Thorne, the mercenary who would be king, believes he is that man. Herein lies his tale of wilderness exploration, monsters, politics, romantic entanglements, ancient gods, and war. Heavy indeed is the head that wears the crown. Sugarfueled Gamers, in association with RPGMP3.com, present Kingmaker, a Paizo Adventure Path. A word to our listeners. This game is often interrupted. Whenever this happens, you'll hear our editor's tone. To let you know when a segment of recording has been removed until we resume gaming. Episode 97. So when last we left King Caelan of Staghorn, uh, yeah, as I said, romantic trials and dilemmas and things, and it has ended with Mivon and the three Brivoyan splinter groups have all made a mutual defense pact with each other. Yeah. So the, the essential concept of that is none of them are working with each other, none of them are sharing resources... And indeed, you sit with Varnhold directly between Mivon and them. Yeah. Um, so they literally can't connect their kingdoms without going through you in some fashion. Yeah. Um, but the premise is, if you, Pytax, or any other hypothetical third party attacks any of them, all four of them go to war with you. Yeah. Which, as I'm not planning to attack them, I'm actually sort of okay with. Yeah. Albeit relative, a little annoyed with Mavon, but relatively okay with it. And romantically, um, Quintessa, the engagement has been announced. The Quintessa Moray is going to marry Lord Tristan Thorne. Yeah. Um, Lady Quintessa Moray. That Vaughn is going to marry Svetlana. Yep. Um, neither of these have been... Well, yeah, no date announcements have been yeah, made yeah. for either of them. Um, uh, Tristan is is pretty committed to his six months. Van and Svetlana are substantively less worried about it. Yeah, um, because both of them, having already, both of them already kind of feel that they fucked the kingdom over. Both of them are happy to bend over backwards to make it as politically convenient as possible. Yeah. going to put Tristan and Quintess's wedding in high summer in Sarinth next year. Yep. Unless something happens between yeah, now yeah, and but, then. But so I can keep an eye on it. Yeah, yeah. So, um, the question is what happens in the rest of Kithona because specifically at this point is customarily where I would go exploring. Yeah. But there is nowhere for me to explore. My existing kingdom is my existing kingdom. Yep. So I don't actually know what I do next. Yep. And I'm asking you, because this is probably the point where the plot of Book 5 is sort of supposed to... 
I mean, obviously it's kicked in a bit, but I don't know what happens now. Well, you, you've in fact already started the plot of Book 5. Yes, yes, um, I know. I went to see Bavon. I know, I know we're in there, but... But yes, um, this I haven't classified under a kingdom event because it is more just um, ye old sledgehammer of plot. Uh, but you are technically you are getting what I suppose is technically another kingdom event in Cathona. Yep. Um, which we can go into at any time, but because you wanted to do the romance drama, we we literally paused. Yes, that's right. Yes, and so went off and did romance drama instead. Yes, because that was the um, we want. I wanted to close out on that because that was potentially a bit less stay up till midnighty. I believe. Yeah. Yep. So let's have the um, let's have what else happened at the end of at the end of the Kingdom Turn of Cthulhu as we enter, uh, as we are in the month of Cthulhu. Okay. So it is coming. It is just started into the first of three months of winter, basically. Um, and you, of course, have been keeping an eye on Pytax. Oh yes. Through your various scouts, spies, etc., yeah. etc. No, I imagine not, um, and pointedly making no, like, we've coincidentally built some large armies, but they're not active, and they're, we're not building forts on the border with Dre Levin, we're not forting forts on the border with Pytax and filling them with armies. We're conspicuously not moving towards the front, but we're sort of poised in case somebody else starts moving towards their front. Yep. And... This one I genuinely think you would get woken for. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just part of being the king. So there is a a series of heavy-plated knock-knock-knock-knock-knocks on your door at night. Um, And this is sort of, you know, four in the morning kind of thing. Yeah. Um, And your guards come in and tell you that of all people, the old Beldame wants to see you in a thing that she doesn't think that will wait till morning and this is the first time you've ever had any contact with her that is like this at all. Yeah, She's so, a spy master, so you Yes, 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 that. yes, I do re- indeed remember that. So yes, Kalen will, as he customarily does, lurch out of bed wearing his um, leather armour and, uh, no, actually not leather armour, wearing his regular jerkin and pants style thing. Yeah. Fish his great sword off. But he has, however, got a sheath for his great sword right there. Fish yep. his great sword off the wall. And go see what she wants immediately. Yep. And the old Peldame is looking, you know, very tired and very grumpy. <laughs> you know, the grumpiest traditional, but this is more grumpy than yeah. usual. Um, and she is sitting here and she says, Yeah, here we are. Ugh. Sorry to get you up in the middle of the night, but I got woken up even earlier. I, I'm sure. I'm, uh, just tell me what the crisis is. I'm, I'm, I'm completely confident you wouldn't have woken me unless it was dire. I think you want to hear this. This little one is called Shah, and she reaches down and sort of opens her witchy cloak thing that she's got and holds a hand out, and out comes this sort of tiny blue floating candle flame. It's pretty clearly alive, there's a sort of vaguely gelatin-like blob within it and it's turning and sort of facing you and making little flashes as it and you actually speak Sylvan I do speak Sylvan. So I need to translate this for you Shah has something that I thought, Shah has something that she bought to me, she's a night wisp, they're fae that 
float in, float in the night, watch what happens. They've been very instrumental in bringing us small bits of information, but nothing like this. Shah? Hello, Shah. You hear this tiny, nebulous voice echoing from around the thing rather than coming out of the flame. And it says, Danger, Caelan Thorn. Danger, King of Stagthorn. Night wisps see a flight of dragons. Oh, bloody hell. Alright. Then, Caelan says an orc, and then switches back to silver. Okay, Shah, thank you. Did you see what colour they were? No, you do not understand. A flight of dragons. Masses and masses and masses and masses of them. You mean an army of dragons? Ten tens. Skellen says something in Orc which is literally unprintable. Yep. There is an army of a hundred dragons coming up from the south. Alright. Thank you, Shah. <laughs> he says very sincerely and fishes in his pocket. I, I don't know if you eat, but uh, I've got some. Um, I've got something here. You yeah, offer offer yeah. a little sweet thing. B- Beldame gives you a little poking gesture. You sort of poke it into the mass, and it just kind of dissolves into the flame, and the flame goes <laughs> and burns a little stronger. All right. And if you dig out your map, I will um, tell you where. Yep, and. Um, Alright, let's get everybody else out of bed. <laughs> in, in fact, at this stage you're getting um, fairly advanced notice of it, but it's basically um, there is a flight there, there is a flight what the Fae are calling a flight of dragons a hundred dragon-like creatures that they have seen coming up from the south which is basically Pytax Blue. Yep, so um, like I can stag- point you more specifically, but at this point they're not in Stagthorn. Period. Yeah, but I presume they're coming up. Are they coming up into Stagthorn into yes. the Green Belt? Yes. Okay. All right. And I've got the, I've got the map in question. Yep. All right. Um. So then you know, next we wake Van up and yep. start mobilizing armies. Sure. And as you're doing that. Yep. Um. You. Van is looking over things and thinking, this is a serious matter. Where could they have come from? We can only hope they're passing through, but I think you're right to mobilise the... Yes? Messenger comes in and sort of, you know, looks very wary about interrupting the general while he's playing strategy with this, but, you know, it's just just an urgent message. Van looks at what? Send Send him in immediately. In comes a woodsman dressed in very green and dark, dark green clothes. And Van said, Van looks to you, one of our scouts, report, came by horse as fast as I could. My lord, your majesty, there is an army of trolls moving on the kingdom. This is just not our day. Coming up from the southwest. Well, that doesn't sound like much of a bloody coincidence then, does it? I make nearly a hundred trolls, all shapes and sizes, bought notice as far in advance as I could get here. Oh, and thank you. Go wrap yourself around a hot meal. We'll, um, deal to this. And, um, as, as he, as he leaves, I said to my, 
Now, I don't think it's a bloody coincidence that we've got two armies moving out of the south. I would think not. <laughs> what I'm wondering, though, right, is if there's two, are there more? That is an excellent question, and as you, you continue, because yeah. I'll, I'll get you to do all the actual mechanic movements yeah. at once, and it's it's about five or six hours after this um, that you get the next word yeah. mm-hmm. um, that comes in um, from the old Beldame again, and she comes in, you know, you, you have, you know, Ma'am, they're in a conference. Well, get out of my way, young man. Whack, 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 <laughs> stick. You know, this is serious business. Um, heads in and says, um, what's his name? Uh, I don't know if you remember his name. The, um, the gypsy from Pytax, the one that was a smuggler. Oh, no, not offhand. I remember his voice. It's, um... I think I ripped it out. It was Rock or Raz or something in that name. Yeah, Raj, Raz, Rafe. Whatever. Anyway, he's, yeah. he's not here. She's yeah. bringing word from him. Yeah, so... Um, she says, well, that young man... That, that young man that you got out that you got out of that little trouble moving out of Pytax to here turns out that he has a few people who are still moving goods out of Pytax to him. Oh, I'll, I'll bet he does. <laughs> but that's not the important part. The important part is that he tells me that he tells me that nearly 2,000 men are mobilising out of the city of Pytax. Bloody hellfire. And they're moving... And it looks like they're making plans to move towards Stagthorpe. That is a lot more people than our armies have. Yeah. So, reports keep coming in on this. But what you end up with is what is coming up from three slightly different... They're, they're all definitely coming from Pytax-ish. Yeah. They're coming up from different locations, rather than all on exactly the same track. Um, one of them is... A, you are told it's a string of giant flying dragon creatures. Later, they don't appear to be quite so draconic. They're wyverns, which are substantively less dangerous than dragons. But a hundred wyverns is not something you want to sneeze at. Yeah. Um, you have a hundred trolls coming up as well. Yeah, and I remember troll armies being a pain in the ass and there were a lot smaller than that. And Pytax's army. All of them. The, the Pytaxian regiment, their big, big army. Yeah. And they have all begun preparations to move. Yeah. And basically, reports just keep coming in of, you know, they're getting ready, they're coming here, they're doing this, we see scouts out, etc., etc. And Pytax can absolutely not hide what it's doing. They can't yeah. not march out 2,000 men. Mm-hmm. Um, Pytax have not made any formal declarations of war against you, but um, 
Yeah, but they're but moving they, giant armies north. Yeah, and they're, they're not going... Like, if Pytex is doing a sneak attack, they might, say, be able to assassinate you, or, um, you know, send a small team of sappers to blow up your wall or something. A 2,000-man army is not a sneak attack. You see them coming yeah. miles in advance. Yeah. But they are coming. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Uh, and because they cannot hide this from you in any way, um, the wyverns are pretty much wyverns. Yeah. The trolls are pretty much trolls. Um, the Pytaxian regiment, on the other hand, are coming up with siege engines. Right. Um, these fancy-ass uh, things that... Damage walls, yeah. yeah they, beat your you, they beat your defense value down, basically. Yeah. Uh, yeah, siege engines, they're called... Um, Basically, their offense goes up a little, their consumption goes up. Um, Quite a lot. Yeah, and they can beat down a D4 worth of your fortifications every turn for every siege engine they have, and they've yeah. got a couple. Yeah. So, Pytax is, is coming with ill intent. Yeah. And now it's back to you. Right, okay. Um, so, I need a couple of things. I need my kingdom. Alright, for no particular reason, this seems an appropriate time to dig out the army rules. Here we go, all six of you. You're not nearly big enough for what's coming my way. Yeah, well, you know how hard it is to win an offensive war from this. Yeah, mm hmm. Yeah, and I'm glad of it. I wish, that, but I suspect they're coming for Stagecourt, and I wish they were coming for Fort Drelev instead. And, um. While you were there, you may also give me, uh. a couple of stability checks. To see how much information I get about what's coming my way? Yep. Sure. Don't make that one. Okay. So. I do make that one. Yep. One and the third one. Yep. And I nat twenty that one. Okay. So it, at this point, your spies that you have in Pytax, um, g you know, go ballistic basically and start yep. spamming you with every piece of information they have. Yeah. Um, because at this point, the subtlety. Of we can send you subtle, slow messages, or we can send you really fast, really important messages. Mm. This time it's the really fast, really important ones. Um, there's no question that Pytax is coming to, to war with you. That's definitely where this appears to be headed. Uh, but Erevi also has other armies in reserve that are not coming up here, but they are in exist. They are active and in operation. Yeah. Um, they're effectively in, in, they're effectively hidden yeah because you don't know where they are specifically um, but one of them is a big ass horde of Tiger Lord barbarians led by a guy named Waylander ah uh, yes because apparently their army went down got outfitted by Pytax and is now working for them fantastic um, and then there is another group um who are um, a group of sort of mercenaries, marauders, and that sort of thing, 
who are heavily invested in Gorham. Yeah. They're not literally a religious army because that would suggest the Church of Gorham is commanding them, but they are a group of somewhat fanatical Goramites. Yeah. And both those armies are kind of just wandering around Pytax's territory somewhere. Yeah. Hmm. But those armies are not coming north at this time? No, they are not coming north at this time. That's fantastic. Otherwise you would know where they are automatically. Yeah, which is great because um, I probably can't take his main force leaving aside the um, dragon, the the, the 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 wipers. The message that you're getting here is should you wipe out all the armies that are coming for you, Pytax is not immediately defenseless. They not only have reserves, they have active reserves that are ready to go. Ereveti has already thought about the concept that he will lose this. Yeah. Hmm. So, um, given that this is happening, yep. I'm going to activate everybody. Yep. Yep, that's that's a thing. Yep. Yeah. Um, however, um, I'm not going to move every army I have into Stagthorn yep. on the basis that that leaves my other... I have a relatively large kingdom and that leaves the bulk of it pretty naked. Yeah, yeah. This will openly get discussed in your strategy. They are pointed towards Stagthorn generally, but the three separate armies are coming possibly to three separate locations. Yeah. Um, so... Basically, if they combine into one main force and hit um, Elk's Rest, I'm going to bring in the four... I'm going to leave the um, Fort Drayler's Shields and Varnhold's army and and the Varnhold army in their territories to defend those territories and bring the other four guys together to hold hold, um, Elk's Rest. If they're dividing up, then it'll depend on who goes where. Yeah, and at this point it's... um but basically, at this point, everyone gets everyone gets the, gets their activity together, so that I can move them yeah. based on where Draylon's, where um, and, his guys and go. And at this point, your army's speed actively becomes a factor because the, if your armies are faster, you have more capacity to move around them. Yeah. And if their armies are faster, they have more capacity to move around you, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Because now we're down to what is functionally round by round army combat time. Yeah. Um, so where which one is tiny bits. There we are, there's the speed. Yeah. So the um the the everybody everybody I've got a two is a two except the central bards who are yeah. faster. And I don't know what you think about this as a method of doing it, but possibly making little army tokens and putting them on your maps. I would actually suggest you get out more than one map for the moment. Okay, cool. That gives me an idea of where this is going. Yep. Alright. I'm not exactly saying we track this on a minis level, but it's helpful to know, right, you are two hexes away and your speed is two, so you will get to Lakeview before they start obliterating it. Yep, so let's, um, Cool, okay, so let's put this in the right order. So, there's... The Hook Tongue Slough, there's the Vangling Host, and there's um, Green Belt. Yep. So. I have. I'll make smallish tokens so they don't take up too much of the hex. Okay, so. I have the Cobalt Defenders who are stationed in Elk's Rest. Yep. I have the stag runners 
the big guys who yep. were stationed at the Thorn Watch. When I say big, I mean half the size of um, his army. Yep. I have the um, Kesson's Bowmen. Yep. Who are stationed in Lakeview. Yep. I have um, Varnhold Army uh, stationed surprisingly in Varnhold. I have the Centaurs, who is its mother, who are stationed somewhere in the Norman Heights. Yep. Yeah, I'm just putting them generically in those hexes. Yep, yep. That's fine and appropriate. And then I have um, Fort Dreadlift Shields, who are, of course, stationed in that giant fortress of um, death and defense, Fort Dreadlift. And man, I hope somebody tries to rumble those guys. Because they are the, they are an incredibly defensive army and the best defensive position Dreadlift's money could buy. And I could only wish I'll be so lucky as someone will come and get in and try okay. and get them out of it. Uh, and can you give me markers in another colour of pen? Sure. For trolls, pike axe, and white ruins. Sweet. Nice and easy. And I have a full colour pen, so yeah. I really shouldn't be sitting here looking flummoxed. Also... But, you know, I'm panicking, because... There's, there's going to be a lot of discussion about this, so every asshole is going to have an opinion, yeah. so I'm not going to do a lot of talking from the NPCs, but basically... Um, you know, Irovini must have been up to some interesting diplomacy to pull out these armies. Yeah. Because <laughs> you don't know how the fuck he's got a hundred wyverns to work together. Yeah, yeah. Like, wyverns are a known, uh, I don't want to say pest because that's a little short, but they're a, a known monster of Pytax. They're yeah. a problem there. In the same way centaurs have been a problem for Barnhold. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good trick that he's got the trolls. Alright, so I've got trolls, um, Wyverns will turn that up so the W is up the right way and giant Pytax army. Yep. Uh, and you will, because you just keep getting reports mm. on this, like every two hours there's another scout running in panicked to tell you another equally important fact. Um, some of the trolls, several of the trolls that have been seen in um, Pytax's army that are descending up, you have seen before. These are some of the survivors. These from are the survivors from Hagrolka's kingdom. Yeah. They went down to Pytax. That's how long Erevedi's been thinking about this. Man. Okay. So he's he's been planning. Yeah. And thinking and thinking and planning. Yeah. Possibly all that time he was politely asking you for things that yeah. you wouldn't give him. Yeah. Um, and. Um, uh, you had in that um, where did that Oberonic vision go? Uh, yep, it's um, in here. Yes, the um, that's the big, that's the biggest damn army I've ever seen. Uh, here it is. I thought there was also one from yes, Akaros's eyes bug out of his head for the first time since you've known him. The warrior seems less than eager for a fight. That's one big army. He splutters out. Did I help us? Uh, but I'm also thinking of the other one of the Clockwork King stands before you his face is impassive and cold as ever. This should make matters clearer between us. He reaches into a bloody sack with one gauntleted hand and starts pulling out a sort of severed head. Yeah, I've been waiting ever since I got that one to find out whose it is. Alright. And so... Basically, you get word as soon as these armies start to activate. A, a squad of wyverns is not so much preparing and marching in formation as mauling the land and devouring sheep. Yeah. Thing. 
getting themselves prepped up for a fight. But basically everyone has the exact same thing because Pytax starts activating and then you get told fairly rapidly and you start activating. Yep. So a week goes by where you all assemble your armies, yo. Yep. And then things start to move and you basically have trolls are coming up here, wyverns are coming up here, um, Pytax's regiment is coming up here. Trolls, wyverns, Pytax? Yep. Cool. Um, but closer to so. Yep, cool. Um, and at this point I'm effectively turning over to you to make a move day by day because, you know, if your things have two speed, that's every day they walk two hexes. Yeah. Just so you... Because army speed has not come up a lot. Yeah. But now it's relevant. It's how many hexes they can march through in a in a day. And if they're particularly difficult ones like Swamp and that sort of thing, which is I don't think is a big problem for where you are at the moment. No, not coincidentally, there are roads between all my territories. Yep, which is awesome, because that makes you have go faster stripes, uh, which is actually exceedingly relevant to you. First time this little factor which has come up as well. So, cool. As long as you are travelling down a road... You are functionally doubling your speed. Sweet. Um, that is also true of Pytax's regiment, although not the Wyverns, because where they're going, they don't need roads. Yeah. And literally gain no benefit from it, because they don't land and walk along the road. Yeah. Um, ah, and that's an extremely relevant point. Merkvale is most directly south and has no army. Yep. So that needs seeing too. Um, alright. Um, okay. Um, alright. Uh, so, j- just to give you an indication of what's happening here, we're in uh, functionally day-by-day, round-by-round combat. Yeah. So I'll let you move all your pieces, then I'll move my pieces, then yeah. et etc. etc. et cetera. There's, there's no need for an initiative role for this, because it's not, um... Well, uh, so let's just go across the map. Cool. So the Central Army, having mobilised out of the van... Norman Heights, we'll say, is generically in the middle yep. of the Norman Heights. Yep. They have no road, yep. but where they're going, they don't need roads, because they just go one, two, three. They into, are fast. Into Varnhold. Cool. Into Varnhold. Cool. They are in Varnhold. Um, the Varnling army stays in Varnhold. Yep. At least at this juncture. Um, Keston's bowmen mobilise out of Lakeview yep. and move south yep. towards defending Merkvale. Yep. One, two, three, four. Cool. And make it. Yep. Because I put a road there. Yep. So that blocks against the... I mean, Merkvale only had... Merkvale and Lakeview have pretty much the same defensive value, and Merkvale is further south. Yep. Um, the stag runners, all 2,000 of them... Yep. ...get up and go down. One, two, three. And enter Elk's Rest with the... Um, with the Kobolds. Yep. Uh, where should I assume Ish that your royal council is at this point? Are you keeping them all in Elk's Rest, basically? Um, uh, I, I would wager that, say, um, your viceroy um, of um, Fort Draylib is still there. Uh, who I haven't actually got Lillian on this. So. 
because I can't see her, you know, abandoning her post to no. come and sit in Elk's Rest. And likewise, of course, Silverfire, who's now the Viceroy of Varnhold, is probably in Varnhold. Yes, I imagine so. Uh, feel free to dictate, and, and if you dispute that heavily, feel free no, to. No, I, I think the bulk of the council will be in Elk's Rest. Yeah. Um, because that's our most defensible location and our seat of government. Yeah. Um, Kaelin and um, Vaughn will be where the stag runners are. Yep. They're our biggest army. Yep. And Celia Ravenbrow, as your warden, is actively out in the field at this point. Um, you know, running around, um, working with scouts, seeing what's going on, and that sort of thing. And as you've now moved all your people... Uh, uh, um, and Fort Draylev, uh, Fort Draylev's guys halt in Fort Draylev. Yep. Boy, are they not going anyplace. Um, she basically stays and she says, Holy hell! Kaelin, you're not going to believe this. There's a big-ass army of trolls down there. That's more trolls than I've ever seen. And I've seen double sometimes. <laughs> but they're coming up, and, you know, she basically tells, you know, the scouts say that... Rah, 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 rah. Um, all the peoples begin moving. Um, Pytex's regiment shows up here. Um, the wyverns head round and come up towards Mirkvale, but actually it's not that they don't get to it, it's that they're going round it. Okay. Um, and the trolls go cut clunk. Ah, yep, trolls not super fast. Um, the wyverns are moving very quickly at a speed of four, because of course they can fly. Yep. Hmm? Uh, both of the other ones just appear to move at normal human army speeds of two. Yeah. What's an extremely relevant point with regard to where the trolls are yep. is that Keston's bowmen, and only Keston's bowmen, have full alchemical resources. Yep. So they have the ability to set trolls on fire. Yep. Nobody else does. Just them. <laughs> Alright, and um, at, as day two rolls in, yep. my guys stay where they are. Uh, actually, um, no. Um, my guys stay where they are except for the centaurs. Yeah, and, and this is all... Um, where their armies are moving is pretty open information to you. Um, you should not assume that they have the same information. Effectively, they can't see what's outside of their hexes. Yeah. In the same way you don't know that their guy is in Pytax Hex H9 kind of thing. Yeah. And the centaurs go one, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. And head into and head into um, Stagfall proper. Yep. Because they are a bard army, and their role is to stand next to the stand runners and buff the shit out of them. Yep. And then, where are your roads? They go through here, aren't they? So um, there's a road um, here. Yep. Into into this Mivon hex yep. that comes up towards Lakeview, and there's a road here out of Merkvale into the next. Yeah. And so reports come back in again. Um, the Pytaxian huge regiment has moved up near to Merkvale, near to where your roads are starting. Um, the Wyverns have literally flown round towards the side of Lakeview, and the trolls are basically moving up slowly, vaguely Lakeview woods. Um, 
The trolls, however, have picked a slightly more roundabout route than they necessarily need to, because, of course, what happens as a result of this is Mivon rouses their armies as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's obviously diplomacy happening in the background there, at least to some extent, because you don't get any reports of a fight between them. The trolls pick their way around. They don't avoid Mivoni's land. Irovini has passed right through it at a couple of points. Um, but they don't go anywhere near their cities, their civilizations, or pick any fights with them. Yeah. So, effectively, your guess would be that um, they've said to Mivon, we're not here to fight you, and Mivon's gone, okay, we'll stand here with our spears out, but we're not going to start a fight as you move through our territory. Yes. It, uh, that's a hundred boyfriends. Yeah. Centaurs make it to Elk's Rest. Sure. Um, and then I need to decide which army I have. I have one of this threat, but I am going not without qualms. To move the Kobolds down to defend Lakeview. Yep. Because I believe that they're going round it, but I have to have at least one army in there, or they're going to go straight through it. Yep. And that's where I sit. Okay. Back to them. So, uh, the Pytaxian Regiment moves into the area where Merkvale is. Yeah. Um, at which point it becomes blatantly apparent they are not attacking Merkvale, they're literally going rounded to your roads. Good. <laughs> you, however, have the opportunity to. It's functionally like an attack of opportunity. As they move through the hex, you can go out and actively start a fight with them if you so choose. Uh, no, I choose cool. not not to um, endeavor to impede two hundred men, two thousand men that's, by five hundred guys. That's fine. I'm just yeah. telling you you have the opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then two, three, and yep. move right up here next to Lakeview as well. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, The trolls at, troll army actively enters the area where Lakeview is, and again does not attack it. Okay. Mm-hmm. And the wyverns break sharply the other way entirely and go one, two, three, four. Okay, I'm okay with that. And fly across towards Varnhold. Yep. And then um, you are up again. Yep. Is this making sense to you as a mechanical concept, what's happening here? Yep. Basically, Kaelin, Vaughn, and the rest of your council are literally getting sort of hour-by-hour updates. They're moving here, they're doing this. How do we respond? What are your orders, sir? Yep. So, um, the, um, I'm going to be glad I put that castle in Vaughnholt. Um, the, um, Kirsten's bowmen get on the road... Yep. And follow the Pytax army, but do not enter their hex. So they don't move as far as they could, but yep. they are chasing them up. Yeah, because you will have the same thing, basically. As you enter their hex, they can start a combat with you if they so choose. Yeah, but... If you stay behind them, they can turn around and come back and start one with you again, but... Yep. 
So that's um, they move up. Mm-hmm. Varnhold guys stay where they are. The stag runners in the centaurs stay defending Elk's Rest, where yep. the hammer appears to be about to fall. And the kobolds sit in um, Lakeview and look as menacing as tiny kobolds can when they're surrounded by a huge army of trolls. Cool. And that's you. And that's me. Okay. And. At this point, Kaelin get starts getting reports in that the flight of wyverns are heading for Vinehold. Yeah. Um, and are actively attacking, actively attacking it as they go. In the sense that um, they don't spit fire or anything like that. They're sort of you know strafing the land, eating the sheep, yeah, abusing the shit out of it. Nothing is happening on a kingdom level point of view. You're not losing the hexes or anything. Yeah. But they're coming through like a flight of aggro wyverns. Yep. Um, and are expected to possibly engage Vanhold at any given point. Yeah. And it's at about that point you get reports that literally now from the castle walls you can see 2,000 men and 100 trolls coming up the road towards Elk's Rest. Yep. And they are heading straight for Elk's Rest. And at this point um, we then cut out of Keep, keep that out, I think. Yeah. Um, but we then cut out of round by round time and back into character level macros. Yeah. Because at this point you're back to being Kaelin. Yeah. Because Iroveti is um, uh, now openly making his presence known. He is with the Pytaxian Regiment. Yeah. Um, uh, which, now that you get a good look at these guys does not comprise of a lot of human beings. <laughs> um, they are in there. His army is not entirely clockwork constructs, but a good half of it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so Iroveti is out there and approaching, and you're presumably making your defensive preps and plans yeah. and all the rest of it. And... But I imagine, and not just because I've already seen into a vision, that he's going to want to talk to me before this actually kicks off. Well, traditionally speaking, there are reasons for the negotiations and parleys in that um, if he can get what he wants without going to war with you, that's probably to everyone's advantage, because if he wanted to obliterate you at, the co- at, the, at heavy cost to his armies, he could have attempted that already several yeah. times. He just presumably wasn't prepared to pay the price. In the same way, you might want Pytex's tasty land, but you're not prepared to lose all those people getting it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as the army approaches and moves within several hundred yards of the hev- now heavily fortified army-readied walls of Elk's Rest, um, one of the constructs moves forward a metallic man, and as you sort of stare out using the spyglass that you've got, you can see Iroveti himself, and he brings some sort of big metal horn that bends out like this to up to his face, and this is not a concept that Kaelin is terribly familiar with, but it's basically a bullhorn. It's, it's you know, more of his clockwork stuff. Um, and you hear Iroveti's voice booming out across the plains towards the kingdom, Hear me, people of Stagthorn. The time for requests is over. The time for diplomacy is over. 
I have asked of your kin before, and I will ask again. Give me Brynthorn. Give me the broken unit first that belongs to Pypax. Give me the sword gatekeeper, and we will part from your gates. And he repeats this about 20 times via megaphone to make sure everyone's got it. Um, And then begins to slowly approach the city, bringing a single person with him and holding up basically the white flag and then another little smaller thing. And this is the standard indication of he comes forward away, you go out away. He's got two, he's got him and one person with him. It could be Caleb, it could be someone else you send out, but two people go out to him, you negotiate to see if you can find a way that doesn't end in horrific bloodshed, and then you go back to your armies and either go home or kick the shit out of each other, one of the two. Yep, so Caleb and Michaela. Yeah, and on a meta level, Caleb is aware the Wyverns are at Varnhold. You're not aware of what's happening there, because what he was happening is more or less happening simultaneously. You as the player will control that fight, but, yeah. you know... So it would take the equivalent of um, one day to bring the other two armies up. Yeah. I'm assuming I don't get that day because he move, I move first and he moves second. So I, that's that's tomorrow, effectively? Basically, yeah. Okay. Um, which is not the entirety of your kingdom. Um, yeah, not the entirety of the combat. Yeah. It's not like the combat all gets nice and, ne- nice and neatly resolved in one day. Yeah. So, I, so it's sort of some number of rounds happen. Basically. And then I get the opportunity. This is not stuff we've gone heavily into, but in now you're fighting massive amounts of armies versus massive amounts, amounts of, of armies. armies. Yep. Because cool. nobody else has bought war to you like Pytax. No, no, this is, this is a whole new thing. So, and I've been sneak attacked by Drelev, but this is a whole new thing. Are you prepared to go out oh, and yeah, yeah. negotiate? Oh, yeah, yeah. So, Kaelin and Kaelin so, leave City so with you, White Flag. You, you stand up on the walls and look down at this, and you see... All your councils are basically up looking down at this, and Celia looks out and goes, starts counting them, stops, skulls down a hip flask, skulls down another hip flask, throws them both off the walls. Right. Well, that's me, that's me done drinking till this is over. <laughs> I gotta say, that is the biggest Goram army that I have ever seen in my life. Van looks to. Gods help us all. Irori, give us all strength. And something about this seems familiar but off. Yeah. Like you had a vision and then got rid of Akaros. Yeah. And Iroveti marches out to see you and you and Michaela... Yep, clanking heavily. ...march out to see him. 80 pounds of metal meets 80 pounds of metal meets 80 pounds of metal. We are scarcely less armoured than he himself. The man next to him, of course, Iroveti's second, is Villamor Koth, the Iron Juggernaut. Yeah. Um, I hope we won't be coming out second in this contest. And... Iroveti, you know gets to about the midpoint, you get to about the midpoint, you know, he watches you, you sort of cautiously approach each other, coming, I think, sort of within several arm's length, so yeah, you're not in obvious melee range of each other. Sounds good. And I, he is not pulling out his weapons, he is clearly armed with blight, however, his, his bastard sword. Yeah. 
Um, and Villamorkoth has his big double-handed fuck-off axe over his back. Yeah. Catelyn, of course, is wearing a very, an armorous shop as he has custom yep. worth of weapons. And I imagine even if Michaela doesn't have her weapons out, she is holding her shield. She has shield. her shield out. Yeah. But yes, no, Catelyn has no weapons drawn. Catelyn has quick draw. And the thought that, you know, I don't think he'd ever break a parlay, but this would be a really bad time to be wrong. And Iruvetti stares impassively at you with his cold eyes. And to remind you, it's been a while since we saw these pictures, the Clockwork King and the Iron Juggernaut. Doctor Doom as a... As a Steampunk Doctor, Doctor Doom, Doom and Steampunk Juggernaut. Yep. And this is literally, like, he's got... His eyes are illuminated and glowing, but there's no telling whether there's a man in there or not. And he greets you in exactly the same deadpan voice that he has done several dozen times before. Hail, Caelan, King of Starkthorn. Hail, Hail, King Aravetti, King of Pytax. It is unfortunate that it has come to this. I have endeavoured to make my wants clear and you have rejected them I have have you now confronted with the force you see before you come to your senses are you now prepared to negotiate I am not were I to do so uh, uh, were I to do so confronted with this force I'm as good as some hand you the kingdom entire if I'm to um, yield to your whim when you bring force against me, it'd be one thing to yield to your whim when you bring reasoned argument against me, but to yield to your whim just because you um, have a large army is as good as saying you can have what you want in my kingdom. I remember... Uh, I respect you, King of Pytax, but I'll remember that when I told you nay, you brought an army against me. I... I... I, I um, Beseech you, in the name of the peace that has always existed between our two kingdoms, draw back from this, because it is your last chance to do so. This is not something that I can ever forget. He he nods at this, kind of unfeelingly, and also just very deadpan and unsurprised. Like, he, he had to know that's where this was going. Yeah, yeah, but um, I, have to, I have to make the warning slash threat, and, and it's... um, but, but whatever else I think of you... I know you are not a man and to put your hand to the plough and then turn back. If you had not been resolved to do this, you would never have um, shown me... You would never have shown me all your offensive preparations. And I had no expectation that you would submit to my reasoned demands and accept that sometimes prices must be paid in a part and in a way... I will regret what comes next. You have been a very worthy opponent. Kaelin Peacebringer. Kaelin twice marked. But peace is not the state of the River Kingdoms. It cannot be committed to endure. War is what has brought our kingdoms to what they are. War keeps the River Kingdoms here. I have come here for war. I will face you as you have always faced me, openly and with respect. Let me make matters clearer between us. And he reaches down 
and pulls his cloak back slightly, and he's got this bloody sack there. Yeah, and um, Kalen visibly winces because he's been worried about this for And a while. he reaches into it with his gauntlet and re- wraps it round some sort of hair and pulls out a severed head and throws it across the field almost perfectly. And it goes roll, roll, roll up towards you. And you look at it for a moment and you go, Yep, you do know who this, this woman is. It's the mysterious Madame de Clarion. Um, she was in the um, she she owns the menagerie of strange and bizarre monsters that was at the um, tournament, uh, the Rushlight tournament um, and you had theorised that um, you had heard rumours that Irovetti was being among other things controlled by a vampire and several other things Yeah. Um, this is her head that he bowls out to you. And she's pretty obviously dead. Her head has been cut off, her eyes are bulging out. Kellen will crap will, you know, glance to Ravetti, sees he's not about to make an immediate move, and yeah. actually crouch down to take a look at it. The Church of Gyrona no longer hold any sway in Pytax. This is not war brought about manipulated by them. I will not allow Madame de Clarion, any further movement within my kingdom. She bore sign, she bore gems, scrolls, and efforts to return another to life. Your bloody Miska, I suspect. I wish her, I wish her luck. <laughs> you were wondering where the other cleric was? Ah. That's her on the floor. Well. This is the one that was doing it in Pytax. I owe you a debt. And I thank you for your clarity. You are in do- you, you are as worthy an opponent as I've ever faced, and I've faced some scary ones. I too regret that matters cannot be otherwise between us. But war is what it is. The tester of men's fates. And Villamore Koth looks at you and sort of just clunks his metallic hands together. We will be your doom. Enough, Koth. This is not an outcome. This is not an outcome to be celebrated, but this war is necessary. I will regret in so much as I feel any regret. For anything, that your people must pay the price for this. Are we agreed then that there can be no negotiation, that we are at war? We are agreed. And he reaches into his bag, pulls out, and throws to you a sealed document which you crack, and it is literally a formal declaration of war that says Pytax is declaring war on the kingdom of Stagthorn. You are being served this notice. This doesn't surprise you in any way. And I will literally seal it and toss it back. This is going to be the most formal... It's not like like thinking Drelev. And I thank you for the courtesy. Uh, The courtesy and straightforwardness of having the decency to be up front about it. And and to you, Caelan, King of Starkthorn. You will not survive this conflict, I think. But it must be done. 
If I am guilty of anything, let the gods' wrath fall where it may. Otherwise, I exercise my will. And he pauses and looks around for several moments. And of course, nothing happens. Let it be war, then. To war. And he turns and turns yep. and turns. And, and we both turn and stride back across the battlefield. Uh, and people get sense motive checks off him. Yep, that's pretty much why I brought Michaela. Although, as I recall, he's not Mr. Sense Motive. He's not Mr. Um, difficult to read. He is actually reasonably hard to read because he... Because um, he, he has no facial expressions. And he's in very odd emotional states. Yeah. 22 on Caitlin's Sense Motive. Okay, so... Again, you both sort of only get the vaguest of impressions of him. Um, you know, when he says he'll regret this, he means kind of what he says in that he'll regret this as much as he really regrets anything, which is not to say all that much. He seems very resigned to this. He doesn't have a lot of feeling about it, but it's not because it's a thing he doesn't care about. It's because his feelings in that way are very stunted. You know, he's either emotionless or largely emotionless. Um, but, the and the fact that he is risking lots and lots of his people's lives and his kingdom's resources and all this sort of thing um, for some gain, but um, the, the only impression you'll be able to get off that is that he's entirely genuine in everything he said. He thinks this is a thing that has to be done. Um, he's genuinely convinced that Madame Nuclarion was heading a cult of Gyrona inside Pytax that he has just obliterated in process of doing this. I couldn't be... Uh, I and, believe him and I couldn't be happy. And he is legitimately presenting you with her head to show you this is not about Gyrona. This is about you but, and, and me. He, yeah. And I think we we both, every time we had this conversation, we knew it was heading here. And there is more behind it, but you can't read it off him on okay. the sense motive checks. So Michaela can't pick it up either? No, she only rolled a three. So right. She's actually on less than you. Yeah. Unless you want her to take re-rolls or anything. No, no, it. let's save the fake points for the personal thing. Okay. And um, as um, as Kaelin, um moves, walks back across towards the city, he will actually clutch... Um, at one ambulance and then the other. Did I help me guard my community today? And, um, and then to the little uh, the little um, ambulance eyeglass thing. Lady Titania, if I should fall in this battle, seek you out some new host and um, watch over the fate of the kingdom. You hear her <laughs> voice back again. Survive, Caelan Peacebringer. The Clockwork King must be stopped. His lies cannot be allowed to spread further. And Kaelin marches back to the city and Elk's and Stagthorn arms for war. And separately to this, we then cut away to Varnhol. Who's who's in charge of their army, just out of interest? Uh, tragically, that would be Bob. <laughs> Lieutenant Bob. So Lieutenant Bob is watching watching the Wyvern circle with, yeah. his, with his spyglass 
And they clearly get some sort of signal, which is, you know, Tristan would probably tell you is probably a sending scroll or something of that neighborhood that says, go, go, go. So I figure we'll resolve one battle in its entirety and then another battle in its entirety rather than chopping and changing between. Sounds good, because um, there's no... Those boys are pretty much going to have to take care of themselves, whereas th- this battle, potentially, if enough time passes, I can bring up the other two armies. Yep. But, um, so... We can do the big fight first, or we can do what happens with the wyverns first, and then... Uh, it's a good point, actually. I think I will chop and change between them, because it genuinely... Like, if you obliterate all of one side of the conflict, then it will make a difference, because it means you've got armies free to go do the other one. Yeah, it'll make, it will make tracking the combats more complicated. Yeah, so yeah, but it's going to be middlingly complicated anyway. Yeah, that's completely true. Let me... No one wanted to go have a fight in Fort Drayleaf with a DV of 30. And you might want to um, write down that DV because they're going to chip at it. Yeah, yeah. Elk's Rest has 16. Yeah, that's that's not so... The, the Varnhold one is not so relevant because the Wyverns can't do anything about it. But the, um, Elk's, the, Varnhold, Rest one, the Elk's Rest one, they're going to beat down with the siege engines. Yeah, yeah, which is going to be a problem because it's not high enough to withstand a significant amount of that. But it will give them a few turns of... Um, no, on the other hand, those siege engines are... Fuck expensive, so. Yeah, yeah, which, you know, now that it has cost a lot of Pytex's produce, but, you know, and I don't have Siege Breakers, that thing where you can destroy Siege Engines as a tactic. What's that thing, is it? Uh, siege Breaker, yes, you may target the Siege Engines in an effort to destroy them. It would have been... I now realise it's a really useful thing for some of these guys to have, but I don't have it. Okay. I'm going to need to do some research on my tactics and stuff to remind myself of what they do and that kind of thing as that's, we go along. That's fine, sweetheart. I guess. Um, yeah, this is a, a big-ass army combat that you've sort of had warning is coming, but not necessarily to this extent. No, no. I, I'm glad I did all the military preparations I did, but I definitely didn't prepare enough for this. Okay. So, we begin with essentially the Pytaxian regiment and the trolls begin charging towards the walls, functionally. Yep. Um, Or rather, the trolls begin charging towards the walls. The Pytaxian regiment, of course, have ranged weapons. Yes. So, functionally, uh, we go to the so do the centaurs. Yeah, we go to the start, which is the ranged weapon round, which is yeah. effectively everyone who's here. And we can line the we can move the minis now if you like, if you want to see who's actually here. And yeah, let, let's let's gently um move our little army collections. I'm gonna need that tray. Yeah. So let's put this. No, no, sorry, where did you want it? Oh it's fine. I'm gonna take these guys, they're all in elk's rest. Yeah. And move them. Yep, cool. So you've got the stag runners and the... Um, Tiny central army. And the central army. Yep. Okay, and so the Pytaxian regiment get a shot with their ranged weapons and the centaurs get a shot with their ranged weapons. Yep. Uh, remind me of the relative sizes of your army because this is something they can see blatantly apparently. Uh, the stag runners are gargantuan so there's a thousand of them. Yep. And the hooves of thunder are huge so there's 500 of them. 
So we're a bit outnumbered. And they're bards, so, so they, they don't have a lot of hit points. Yeah. Okay, so... He is going to fire his ranged weapons at the stag runners. Yeah. Which I figure will resolve, and then um, yep. you can fire ranged weapons back at whoever you please. Yep. Uh, so that will be a complete fucking mess, I would say. Uh, yeah, absolutely. That is a 16 versus their defense value. That would not work if they were in the open. Yep. Uh, behind a giant fucking series of walls, it is completely useless. Yeah, and each melee phase they get a free siege engine shot against you, but it doesn't help them with their range, because obviously when they start raining the arrows down, your walls are still there. Yeah. They... Pytax's regiment opens fire on your walls with a ting, 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 ting. Yep. Bolts and arrows and things. Uh, you... The... Centaurs open fire back again. Yep. Um... Inspiring courage requires no sort of action. It's just a thing you do. Yeah. Uh, you don't inspire yourself, but your all, all your other armies get plus one offense, plus one defense. Sweet. Essentially, for as long as the centaurs are on the field. Cool. So, um, and they don't need to. It doesn't take actions or anything like that to do it. Cool. Um, so that will be a bonus for the stag runners, and. The centaurs take a shot at the um, trolls or the Pytaxian regiment. The Pytaxian regiment. Cool. And that is going to be quite nice. Uh, that's a twenty-seven. Cool. Is it a crit as well? Or? Uh, no, I don't. Could you quit crit on twenty? Only 20. for the army. No, it's it's not quite a crit. Okay, so. Several arrows rain... A big rain of arrows rains down among them. And their ranged attack is basically repulsed as you start shooting their snipers. Yep. And that's the ranged phase. Oh, we should have done tactics first. It's been too long since we did armies. That's right. We'll do tactics for the for the melee phase. Yeah. Okay, so then it is... Um, Strategy, yeah, strategy tactics. So uh, it is a morale check essentially, um, which is the initiative of sorts, if you remember. Yep. Um, and it's two of them because the things will go in a given order. In fact, you might want to get out the initiative tracker for this because there's enough people here. Yep. And if you're getting confused and stuck at any point, you can stop and sort it out. Yep. Okay, so it's a series of its morale checks for everybody, basically, to see what order you declare your tactics in. Yep. This is the stag runners. That is uh, 17 for Pytax, 12 for the trolls, yep. Um, 15 for the stag runners. Yep. And um, 12 for the centaurs. What's the morale modifier? Uh, sorry, 13 for the centaurs. Okay. Literally. Yep. And then basically we declare going up in reverse order, so the trolls yep. declare first. Yeah. Um, right. And they're going to stay at standard. Cool. 
Um, the centaurs are um, going to begin at standard, even though they're small, they do have the protection of a massive amount of walls. Yep. Um, the um, stag runners are going to actively go aggressive. They um, uh, no, actually, they're going to stay at standard. We've got to try and hold that hold out. Yep. Uh, and um, so the stag runners are going aggressive. No, sorry, both armies are going ne- are staying neutral at okay. standard. The stag runners will the Pytech regiment will go aggressive. Then. Yep. Um, and then we might as well go back down in that order to resolve the attacks. Yep. yep. Um, I will need the army rules for a little bit to look up what the various my uh, various armies actual tactics actually do. Sure. It will only take me a few seconds, but um, so the um, yeah um, every round you successfully damage an army with an offensive shit. Right. So if the every round of melee that the hooves of thunder hit anybody, yeah, they deal an additional two points of support because they have sniper support. Yep. Um, and the range thing's already being resolved. We know about their inspire courage. Um, and the stag runners have horses. Um, so surely, so do the centaurs. Yes, so do the centaurs. They're all mounted. They're all mounted. None of your opponents are. Period. Yeah. So um. The, um, uh, uh, these guys have cavalry experts. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so um, the um, both and both of these guys have cavalry experts. Yeah. So they both get a plus two opponent, a plus two to a- attack against armies that are not mounted. Yep. So that's a because yep, um, the, mount, the mounts themselves give them increased offense and defense. Yeah. And cavalry experts says yeah neither of the opponent armies opposing you are mounted, so they both yep. get. Plus two offense. Yep. So um, when I make my first rolls, I'll um, determine what the offense and default defense values and things are, and keep keep track of them. And each round, I'll add the defense value of Alex Rest to the defense because it's going to be going down. Yep. Cool. So um, we can lead off with Pytex. Okay. So the Pytexian regiment have been driven back by your first brutal ranged assault. Yep. Um, they are pulling their archers behind walls of shields and that sort of thing. Um, and you feel pretty secure for the moment behind your walls. And then some of your watchtowers begin collapsing over as there are a series of fires and explosions breaking out behind your lines and that sort of thing. And it it looks like they're dirty fighters who have cheated and, you know, gotten in ahead of you and um, set up a bunch of precautions to give them extra offense on the first round. Yep. Because dirty fighting is they get a, a yes. bonus to hit on the first round. Yes, the two which armies is, that aren't here, my two armies yeah, that aren't here have that too. Which in this case is manifesting itself as they've literally sapped your walls. Yeah. Uh, and then they're going to endeavor to blow them up some stag runners. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, which again is not going to be uh, amazing Um, even with that that is a 24 to hit with their their super offense modifier yeah which um, is 
the it would hit the stag farmers in the open, but it doesn't come close to surmounting Alexis's defenses. Cool. And then, because um, all these things happen simultaneously, what I will do is their siege engines at the end after yep. the trolls have gone, so the trolls aren't taking advantage of it because the, they don't trolls. get the benefit of knocking over. Correct, because the, the trolls are until they've the trolls are attacking you at the same time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and so that is Pytex Regiment's melee phase. Cool. Then the stag runners yep. um, attack the um, uh, Pytaxians. Yep. Um, and because they are cavalry experts, they literally lead yep. raids Rush out the from the walls while still uh, maintaining the bulk of the force behind them. Okay. So they have a natural OM of 10. Yep. They have a plus 2 bonus for being mounted and a plus one bonus from um, the uh, yeah, so the DV is actually 22 because of the thing, and their OM is is 13. They have a plus one bonus because they're inspired by the central bards. Yep. Which, of course, doesn't apply to the central bards. The DV is 22? Uh, 22 not counting Alex Rest. Right, okay. Because I'm not going to add out... Yeah, yeah, because yeah. I'm not going to add Alex Rest every. I'm not going to add Alex Rest as a fixed value because Alex Rest is not a fixed value. Well, I'm going to note that fixed value and then add. Yeah, as long as you understand what their AC is, yeah. so you know whether I'm hitting it or not. Yeah, yeah, I do indeed. Okay, and that is not the number I was looking for. All right, um, and tragically, that is a mega eighteen. Uh, the armies clash against each other. Yep. And then the centaurs take a, their own swing. Yep. Um, also at the Pytax Army. And that is also a crappy number. Um, and that is a... Uh, they've got a plus two modifier, so that is... Uh, so they um, get a 16... Versus the Pytax Regiment also do not get do not penetrate their defences. Yep, and that's their round, and then it's the trolls. Yep, and the trolls just climb up the walls and they're able to eat them some tasty centaurs. Yep. So they're swinging for the centaurs. Yep. Good to know. Uh, and that is going to net them a mighty twenty. Om nom nom nom. Which will miss entirely. Miss entirely. Yeah, they climb up the walls, pull down one or two centaurs, and then get rapidly repulsed. Yep. And then the siege engines start firing. Yeah, yeah, this is the bad part. Uh, so, for each siege engine they have... How many do they have? Three. Yeah. Uh, so can you reduce your fortifications by eight? Fuck. Oh, well, this battle's over. <laughs> Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, 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 the defences of Elk's Rest are halved. We, we can keep, we'll keep playing it out, sweetheart. Um, if you want to concede, then no. at this point I'm perfectly happy with that. No, no, that's okay, sweetie. I'm just going, yep, yeah, we'll just play it out. Um, so yeah, basically they've got a massive amount of catapults, rams, trebuchets, all that kind of thing. Bang, bash, crash through... Uh, this does not basically permanently wreck your defences, but it's pretty much for the purposes of um, the combat that you're in. Yeah. They're, they're dropped to whatever they're now at. Yeah. Yeah, they're halved. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, they're, they're, they're not going to... Yep, that's all right, okay. 
And um, that's the round. Yep. And then that is indeed the round. Yep. And we come back around to tactics again. Yep. Uh, so, uh, Wolf and Rails. Yep. Troubles, fails. Pythax fails. What are you at? Uh, so, the stag runners are at 25. Yep. Uh, the, um, and the centaurs are at um, 19. Okay, cool. The Pythaxian regiment declare first, then. They are pulling back to standard. Yep. Um, yeah, it's they're happy to let their siege engines do the work. Yeah, time is on their side. Um, the trolls, on the other hand, who are getting nowhere, are going to go to aggressive. Yep. Um, the centaurs who are worried about being attracted by trolls are pulling down to defensive. Yep. And the um, stag runners are going up to aggressive. Yep. Because they have to do some damage while they've still got some defensive cover. Cool. And um, the stag runners lead us out. Yep. Two, two. Alright. Better number. I have to hope it's going to do the trick. Um, and they are still going to concentrate on the Pythaxians. Um, Alright, so... Or a 22. Yep, that will penetrate their DV and kill, kill several of them. Cool. Um, <coughs> and then um, the centaurs. Yep. Uh, hang on, sorry, 24, because they're an aggressive. I'd better start noting that. Alright, so. so. That's two more, and then two more for their sniper support? Uh, no, because the stag runners don't have that. Oh, and the um, hooves of thunder are at a minus two to attack. Because they're at um, defensive. Cool. Cool. There we are. And the Who's of Thunder. Uh, well, I would say flatness on that. Um, let's add them. So that's, uh, 17 to hit the Pythaxians. Yeah, that's not a Cool. <coughs> Alright, so as your flanks scythe into them. Uh, and kill a good couple of hundred kill slash dismantle a good couple of hundred people cool um, and then they come back again opening fire wildly uh, and they're going to go for the stag runners again uh, that should damn sure be a good hit uh, that's 30 30 e pytax against stag runners yep Okay, so um, the um, that equals their DV. Um, which means yeah, I need to beat. So they they hit for zero damage functionally. Yeah. Um, which I'm not sure if that triggers. Nope, they have to successfully damage you to get their sniper support. Yeah. So does nothing. Cool. Again, uh, and the trolls basically at this point throw themselves berserkly at the walls yep. in an effort to get up and eat them some centaur. Yep. Uh, and they have now got. Uh, leaving themselves fairly exposed as well, of course. Uh, 
Pythaxian regiment has lost about a fifth of their numbers. Yep. Uh, the trolls are completely unharmed, and your guys are both completely undamaged. Yep. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yep. That w- yes, this, that was a good round, and maybe you'll roll low on the siege engines. We shall see. I'll still get some benefit out of defenses for another round. Uh, that is five. Sweet. Did there we are. The, the um. The defences are not entirely dismantled. There is still a tiny fraction of them left to provide a tiny bonus. Yep. As we head into round three. Uh, so, morales? Yep. So. Trolls on a mighty ten. Pythax on a mighty twenty-five. No, not that much, was it? Twenty, sorry. Um, the stag runners are on a fifteen. Yep. And the centaurs are on a very sad four. Yep. Um, they are declare that they are sticking with their defense. Cool. So we just did round two, didn't we? Uh, so yeah, we'll do the declarations first. I think defense uh, trolls remain on aggressive. Yep. Uh, actually, no, trolls will go to Relentless. Yikes. Yep. Con- convinced of their mortality since no one can harm them in any way. Yep. Uh, Stag Runners? Uh, are going to um, stick with Aggressive for another round. And Pytax will stay where they are. Cool. On their standard. Uh, so, at this point, you have now fought all the way through the day. Oh, sweet. Um, <laughs> And night begins to fall. Um, so each um, each day of combat, basically, is two day rounds, one night round, because you get less fighting done at night. Um, people that don't have dark vision lose some advantage at night, obviously. Yep. Um, and then when the new day starts, we'll do the movement for where your people have been. Yeah. Because remember, your other armies are getting reasonably up-to-date reports on what the hell's going on. Yep. Okay, so this is the night round. Yep. So the Pytaxian Regiment will never continue with their murdering, completely failed murdering of the Stag Runners. Yep. Uh, and Wofford. Cool. Bang, walls, etc. Yep, yep. I mean, bear in mind that the walls are going down each round, but yep. I have faith in your ability to understand yeah, yeah, that's, when there's That's no barely into double digits. So. Yeah, yeah. No, no, that won't work. <laughs> Uh, stag runners. They are wearing quite a lot of armor on that personal person. All right, and the stag runners will take another swing at the Pythaxians. Yep. All right, because they want the guys with the siege engines. All right. Um. Now it is of course dark. Yep. Um Do I need to add any penalty to them? Uh, no. The trolls are actively getting a bonus. Cool. So because um they can evade you better, they can hit you better because they can come in and out and see what they're doing. Yep. Sweet. So um. The stag runners get a 22. Uh, which, again, will hit for light damage. Yep. And then the trolls take an endeavor to eat them some tasty centaur. Yep. So they are now going all out at this. Four. Uh, that is a 24 to hit these centaurs. All right. 
19 are going to be extremely glad. And the centaurs get just 24 with the surviving bits of the castle okay. of Alex's rest providing them just enough protection. Yep. And then the centaurs will take a shot at the armies of Pope. Yep. So Pope. Kev, is, is Caelan still proposing that all is lost, even no. though his armies are completely kicking the arse of the other guys? No, no, I take it back. It, that wasn't Caelan, that was me. Oh, right. And I was just slightly freaked out because the defensive barriers are getting uh, totally smushed. But the armies are doing well. It's like they bought like a hundred build points worth of siege engines yeah. to wreck your defences. Alright, and... Because um, their, their theory is if they can knock their defences down before you murder them, yeah. then they can start winning. Alright, and... Um, I mean, they're, they're well on their way to totally removing the defences as an obstacle, but yeah. I'm, I'm heartened to learn that it, that was a day. Yeah. I thought a day was going to be longer. Alright, and the centaurs will, with their defensive penalty, shoot some, shoot some Pytaxians, and that's a better number. We shall see if it is a good enough number. There's basically nothing meaningful you can do to resurrect your defence value in the middle of the fight either. Yeah, like yeah. you're filling holes and patching walls and that, but you're not going to go out and build no, a new no. set of walls. No, the no, no. The, the, um, um, and that's an 18 to hit the Pytaxians. Nope. Yeah. No, the Centaurs are most, like, the Centaurs spent the round not getting eaten by trolls. That worked, but their archery was terrible. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And that ends that round, doesn't it? Yep. Okay, so then we will cut across the Vinehold. Do you want to finish by hitting the Siege Engines, given it's the end of the uh, round? Yes. I mean, I'd be happy for you to just say that the Siege Engine guys are very tired and don't feel like blowing up Elk's Rest walls, but... Uh, that would be seven. Yeah, and Elk's Rest ceases to provide a meaningful bonus. Yeah, and once the walls are gone, the Siege Engines also give them an offense modifier, which is uh, um, calculated into what they're doing. Yep. Which they retain because they're still shooting giant yeah, ballistas yeah. at you and that. But they stop knocking down your walls at this point because they're effectively done. Yep. Okay, so do we want to do. Um... Yep, so we can do the army of. What happens in day one of the army of Varnhold versus the Wyverns? And seeing how this is um, rolling out, which is working pretty well, I'm going to track um, Varn on a Varnhold army on a separate piece of paper. Commander Bob is dismayed to see Wyvern sweeping down upon him. Yeah. As you know, he really would be. They, of course, have magic bullshit powers. Oh, good. I, lo- I love magic bullshit. Well, they're flying poisonous dragon monsters. Yeah, yeah, I can see that provides them with a tactical advantage. The Wyverns sweep down and fly over Varnhold and effectively start... Uh, they're not actively strafing it. They don't have ranged offense or breath weapons or anything. Sweet. Um, but you've got a horde of semi-dragons swooping down, picking people up and tearing them apart. Functionally. Yeah. I'm prepared to get concede it constitutes a problem. Do, do the Varnhold defenders have a range for this? They do not. Okay, so we go straight to... Um, strategy in melee. Yep. Wyverns are on A14. The Wyverns beat the, um... Cool. So Varn needs to declare what he's doing first. Alright, um... These boys have hold the line, which will give them a significant uh, defense bonus and OM penalty. Yep. But they have the entire defenses of Varn hold to sit behind. Yep. So they're not going to activate it at this point. However, they're not going to go aggressive for the first round. They're going to sit on standard and see what the Wyverns can do. Okay, the Wyverns are going to go aggressive then. Yep. Cool. The Wyverns sweep in amongst them. Yep. Uh, that is a 22. That will miss. Okay. 
This this could be quite a few rounds of missing because the Van Van's guys have great defense and crappy OM. Yeah, keep in mind they don't know what your defense is, and like once they get there, the wyverns can yeah. actually look at the walls and go, "Okay, they've got about yay points worth." Yeah, and um, Van's boys do a commendable job right off the bat on a twenty-four. Uh, that will hit. Uh, they are having some difficulty doing so because the wyverns can fly and yeah. you have no um, significant mobility. Yeah. Which effectively manifests as their defense is higher than you because they get to cheat and fly away. Yeah. Cool. So. They take some damage. Yep. What, 22 you said? Uh, yes, 20. Cool. Uh, the wyverns rail. Oh, okay. And fully battle. Okay. <laughs> Uh, they swoop into Varnhold, find it less, find it much better defended than they were expecting, are incapable of dealing it any significant damage, and turn and start bolting. Okay, sweet. Uh, so you get a free, they, they voluntarily route, so they don't need to make a morale check, you get a free offense check against them. Sweet. Which Varn's boys will totally take yeah, a swing yeah. on the, on the way out. Alright, um, and that's an 18. Okay, so that will just do... You know, it's, it's literally a handful of scattered yeah. blows as they depart. So, like, that will do a little bit more damage, but not enough yes, to take yeah. them out? No, not even remotely. You have yeah. only just surmounted the yeah. DV on that one. Yeah. Um, so, they fly away. Uh, Vaughn's guys get a loyalty check for winning the combat. Sweet. See if they gain a new tactic, if they can still hold one. If they can't, there's not much point. They, they only have one tactic, so nope. they absolutely have space for a new one. Uh, they make the loyalty check. Cool. So they garner a new tactic from this. Awesome. Um, I'll decide what it is um, post... Oh, no, because that might actually come up in the thing. Yeah, no, all right. Let me um, take a squiz of the army rules. Um, I'd love them to have Siege Breaker, but it seems a bit obnoxious, given that... Um, they don't even know that there's a battle going on with siege engines. Uh, well, you know the siege engines are coming. Yeah. That was well reported. And the loyalty check, much like the levels, is sort of levels period, is sort of meant to reflect your general improvement as opposed to what you specifically got out of this one fight. Yeah. No, they will take a different defensive tactic. Cool. Because they are defense monkeys, and so they will take defensive wall. Cool. The lighter defense tactic. Okay. As they successfully defend their city against a um, for, uh, force attacking it. At which point we then functionally cut to the end of the day. Yep. Reports are passed to uh, around, all around the show. Yeah. So you're now aware of what's happened everywhere on the board. Erovetti is now also aware of everything that's happened on the board. Yep. So. And functionally, this literally lets him gauge your defences because the. But he gets reports back, no, the wyverns got repulsed. Yep. The defences are too strong. The wyverns are flying away. Yep. Um, so the... Um... And if it's going to make a significant difference to you, we can roll a d20 to see who goes first kind of thing. Um, yeah, that would be good because God. it is... Let's not worry about morale. Yet, no, just a flat... I got an 18. Okay, so that's me losing. Yep. Uh. These guys are on the road north of Mokvel, and these guys were in Lakeview. So, Wyverns move to here. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and the others stay without. Cool. And the wyverns um, are still still have the damage that they took. Correct. Yeah. Unless they like stand around to heal. And um, okay, so um, so they um, heal back to full after a month, which is yeah. Almost. Um, they can stop for a day and heal hit points equal to their CR and make loyalty checks to do better and things. Yeah. Um, so, um, the, um, so one, two, three, four, um, Keston's bowmen move up to Elk's Rest. Yep. Um, And the Cobalt Defenders actually stay where they are. They're a small army and they're staying in reserve. Cool. But Keston's Bowmen join the, join the running Elk's Rest battle. Cool. Okay, and then we are back round to here again. Yes, so um, if I wipe out Van and turn him, or in fact I'll wipe out Jian and um, turn him into Keston's Bowmen. Sure. Okay, I'm prepared to admit I may have called this too soon. <laughs> I was perfectly happy to accept the concession in the first round. Yeah, yeah, no. Your video would have taken that. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good now. Okay, so. Kirsten's broken. Enter the fray down here. Look out there. They also get inspired immediately? Yes. Mm-hmm. And they have snipers. They have ranged weapons and sniper support and dirty fighters. Yep. Um, so, so as they enter, they get a ranged round. Yeah. And then a their first offense melee round, and yep. then they're in the fight. Cool. So they take their range. So they take their range round before we start out, or should we do tactics? We should do tactics first because if your guys decide, yeah. you guys know a new army is coming. Range first. That's one. Yeah, so I will give you your pick of this, basically. Um, because the range phase is about the fact that the armies are far apart. Yeah. So you can shoot at them, but they can also shoot back at you because they've got ranged weapons as well. Yeah. So I, I think that's the more logical one to go with. Yeah. All right. So um, so it is my choice. We can both have a ranged phase or neither of us can? Correct. Cool. I'll go with neither of us at that point. And um, they march in cautiously. Because we, we need to decide, basically, when new armies enter the combat, do you have a ranged phase period? Yeah. Because um, if the answer is no for this, it will also be no the next time one of his armies walks up into one of your ranged battles. Yeah, that's a good point. No, it makes sense that we would. So, yes, there is a there is another ranged phase as the new day dawns. Cool. Okay, so... We go to morale. Yep. Or range phase first. Uh, what do you want to do? We did the range phase first last yeah, let's, time. Let's do that again. Cool. Okay. So is that just Keston's bowmen and the and the Pytax regiment and the Pytax range weapons? Yeah, and the I don't know yeah, if the centaurs yes, but the centaurs are already, already engaged. engaged. Yep. With so the regiment. So this is literally Pytax. It's literally Keston's bowmen, bowmen are coming down the road, trying to punch a hole through them to get yep. into the defensive line. Yep. Mm. 
There's the Pytex Regiment. Give them what for. Uh, so, Kirsten the Bowman immediately benefit from the uh, any sort of DV that's there, the fortifications, if yes. there's still any there. Because remember, it's not just one wall and yeah. watchtowers and defence. Yeah, yeah, no, that's no benefit, but they get the plus one to their defence from the um, uh, from the um, Sentinels Inspiring Courage. Yep. Uh, so they hit. Do they aim for fight attacks? Yeah, it's a twenty. Okay, so that will hit without damage. Okay. So sniper support, I didn't think damages. Oh, you can use it on a you can use it on a range phase. Uh, if you get damaged this round, you take two extra damage. So if right. they hit you again in melee, it doesn't deal you another two. So okay, so that's, do it at the end if you want, or do it now. Okay, that's worth knowing. I um, would have dealt you two extra points from the um. Cool, fight attacks regiment. Yep. Head on the first range ground. Yep. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that is 31 and a crest to hit Kirsten's Bowman. Yep, that is going to be fairly brutal. Um, so that is... Let me try that again just to check. But yeah, that's um, 12 points of damage. And an additional 2 for the D4 for crest. Alright, so 14 points of damage. And then an additional 2 for sniper support. So 16 points of damage. Yep. Alright, so... That is a lot of their hit points, but they are not actually taken out of the fight before they even get into it. Yeah, so the Pytex Regiment are ready for someone to come through and and try and bust through, and they start mowing them down with their crossbows. Yep. I see a lot of them as having those heavy repeating crossbows, Yeah, that seems very Pytex. Yes, it does. Okay, that's the ranged round. Yep. We get killed. Now more L. Yep. All right. Regiment for the win on twenty. The stag runners get 25, 24. They're really happy to see new troops entering the battle. Wow, they've got a really good commander. Yeah, they really do. Also, I rolled a nineteen. Yep. Um, the um, Keston's bowmen uh, um, have been through a lot with their commander and get a twenty-three, despite getting the shot, shit shot out of them. Cool. And um, the centaurs. Get a uh, seven. And the trolls are on a mighty five, isn't it? Alright. The trolls go relentless because no one has hurt them yet, so they're invincible, just like the Grobbler said. Yep. Um, the centaurs are um, going to go um, full defense at this point. They're yep. pretty worried about being eaten by trolls, and by standing on the battlefield, <coughs> they're contributing their bonuses to the other two armies. Yep. Um, and then we hear what Pytax are up to. Uh, Pytax are going to switch to Relentless. Uh, they were on a aggr- They were on... On they standard. Were, so so, sorry, switching to Aggressive, not yep. Relentless. Confusing the words. Yep. Um, okay. Um, Keston's Bowmen are going to stick with Standard for this round. Yep. Because they want to take advantage of their dirty fighters. Yep. Um, and, um... The, um... Stag runners are going to drop to standard because they don't have walls to hide behind anymore. Yep. Cool. And then we start down with the stag runners. Yep. Who will <coughs> take a swing at the trolls? Yep. Because Kirsten's bowmen have entered the fray and they have alchemical fire. Yep. The trolls no longer have the benefits of healing. Yep. They've been, they haven't healed yet, no one's hurt them. That was pretty much the, the point. <laughs> yes, because hitting them sporadically is just a waste of bullets. 
Alright, however, that was a really crappy roll from the stag runners, um, so that is 18 to hit the trolls. Yep, you deal them dam- you deal them damage. Cool. <laughs> They're running on, you know, super relentless. So. Yeah, and I figured they probably didn't have as good AC. Uh, yep, um, stag runners don't have sniper support, so that's as far as that goes. Um, Keston's Bowman. Let me... You just looked up Dirty Fighters. What does it give you in the first round? Plus six. Cool. Ten dead. Roll incredibly poorly. Yeah, that's exactly what the Pytex Regiment did. Yeah, but... Taking Dirty Fighters means you miss on the first round. Yeah, um, I am drawing my two Kingdom Hero points. Cool. Uh, Neither are in any way pertinent, Mm -hmm. so I will arbitrarily spend the quarter Social niceties. To re-roll that. Yeah, social niceties have failed us, so now we need to resort to stabbing. So brutal stabbing. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay, and that, that is a better number. Uh, 29 to hit the trolls. Uh, yep. And, um, knock them to negative nearly 20. So. Okay. Cool. And, um, it is now Pytax's turn. Okay. Uh, they will hit centaurs. Yep. Uh, that's 25 to hit them with an extra potential 2 damage from sniper support. Yes, that will hit them, So, but let me work out what the damage is from hitting yep. them first, and then we can worry about the sniper support. So that's um, 6 points of damage, so plus 2 for 8 points of damage. Yep. Cool, so... Uh, Alright, so that's... Yep, they take a hit. Yep. And the trolls will turn on... Um, that's centaurs first, isn't it? Yep, yes. Because we're going to get out of order. Cool. Yep. So, um, the centaurs were going to attack the trolls. Yep. Do they still, because this is all happening simultaneously? No, because we need to keep in some sort of order. Yeah. Okay, at which point the centaurs will attack the army of Pytax. Yep. Um, and, uh... Yeah, the trolls still get a turn, even though yep. they've been reduced to less than zero hit points. Because they can do a lot of damage in there while they're going out. Yep. Um, and the centaurs, um, I've got a quickly miss, I would say, but let me actually find my theory. It's 16, it's 4. Yeah, and the centaurs flat miss the army of Pytax. Yep. Uh, so that's all good. And the trolls will turn on Keston's bowmen and just maraud into them. Yep. Having. Yeah, yeah. Having dropped their defense to, God, what did it end up as? Uh, five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They now get the benefit for doing so. Yep. Yeah. And Keston's bowmen, of course, stayed in standard, so don't have any extra defenses. Thirty-two. That could be very, very, very ugly for the bowmen. They, the trolls, literally just charge forward, going. So that's thirteen points of damage. So it's not going to insta kill them. Whether they rout is another question. Right, and that drops them to nine hit points total um, of their starting total of thirty-eight. So I'm pretty sure they. Uh, uh, so nine out of thirty-eight. Yeah, I'm. Um, I'm pretty sure that's enough damage. That that that's you enough. Want me to work it out? Sweetheart. Yep. So they pass me a calculator. Cool. Here you are. So they're now on 9 hit points, they were on 38, and because it was a ranged round, that's literally, that's all damage they've taken this round. Yeah. 
yep, that is a whisker over 25% of hit points. So they don't have to Ralph? Uh, no, no, there's the damage they've taken as a whisper, whisker over. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, so they do in fact have to round. They, uh, the, the trolls are obliterated. Yeah. The troll army is destroyed because you have also pierced the regeneration on this round. You don't need to worry about finishing them off. Yep. Um, Keston's bowmen launch flaming arrows into them. Yep. And shred them. Yes, the experience, prior experience with trolls definitely shows. Even as the trolls fall burning around the battlefield, they smash into the bowmen like a hammer and just rip a huge hole through them. Yep. Uh, Keston's bowmen need to make a DC 15 morale check. If they fail, they flee. Did they pull off the morale check? And somehow Keston keeps his men together. They are the most experienced army on the battlefield. Um, Not counting the fighter on our side. They are not obliged to flee. Yep. Um, Next round, however, they end up doing the same thing again, basically. Yep. So any round where they're reduced. Right, so... If they get hit again, they will be under their threshold and have to roll for route again. Yeah, but if they get hit again, the um, fleeing may be the least of their problems. Yep. Okay, and that is all of that. Yep. That's the end of the round. The siege engines cannot destroy the walls of Eltrist because there aren't any walls of Eltrist. Yep. And round two, fight. Yep. Stag runners get a 23. Cool. Uh, Kisman's bowmen, astonishingly enough, do really well on their morale check. It's 23. Cool. And the centaurs get a, uh, actually unusually well, and um, get a 19. Cool. So what does Pytax want to do at this time? Uh, they will drop back to standard, facing three armies. Cool. Uh, so the centaurs... Um, not being quite so heavily hammered, um, so they will drop back to regular defensive. Yep. At a minus two. The stag runners will stay at standard. Yep. And Keston's bowmen um, want to drop to defensive and um, mount an orderly departure from the battlefield. Yep. As opposed to a panicked route. Yep. Well, the, the benefit of... They are still routing and provoking a free offense check. The benefit, however, is they can go to the best defense that they can. Yeah. Uh, they also have the option of, for a DC-20 morale check, they can go straight down to full defensive. Yeah, I think that's... But, but if they fail it, their strategy doesn't change at all. Right, so, so they that's... don't get the smaller defense bonus. No, they'll go with the more orderly... Which they'll... is basically, Keston, in a hurry, needs to get his people out of there. No, the, that's quite a high DC to make. No, they'll go with the... Um... They'll go with the standard. So they're dropping to a defense round, and I believe if they wish to leave the battlefield, they need to sacrifice their offense check in exchange for getting to leave. Uh, at the end of the round, they can try and flee, um, and they get a free provoke when right. they leave, basically. Okay. So they are still in it for this round, because they have no reason not to be. Yeah, yeah. Okay, sweet. They are pulling back out of the battlefield. They are still exposed to attacks. Yeah. They so, will get attacked at least once because they'll provoke from the regiment as they move out. Yeah, so if they survive this round, they will um, get an opportunity yep. to um, leave. Yep. 
Okay, and it is the stag runners. Yep. That's it. Oh, um, so, yeah, because you were you declared the army of yeah, so it is the stag runners, right? Yes. Yep. Okay, and it is uh, a um. Twenty-two to hit the light damage again. Yep. Yep. Um, the Kesson's Bowman at their minus two. Yep. So the Pytaxian regiment are still fighting hard, but their men are being slowly chipped down. Yep. Uh, uh, a... Yep. Fourteen is. Um, Dink. Yep. Yep. Because they, they are on, they're on a defense modifier. Yep. And the Sentinel is also on a defense modifier and didn't roll particularly well. Uh, so that's yeah, that's gonna miss. Okay. So the Pytaxian regiment are going to endeavor to finish off Keston's Bowman. I figured they would. Mm. Uh, that is a twenty-one to hit them. Uh, that will equal their defense value with okay, their original so defense. Again, they have to pop you by one, so yeah. it doesn't do anything. And then um, at the end of the round, Guess the bowmen flee and they get another free attack. Uh, that is 28. Yep, that will definitely hit. Um, so let's work out by how much, because this is going to be a really relevant number. Um, so that is 9. Uh, so, um, no, wait, because they've got the bonus sweet, so they may, they may... They're going to get sniper supported anyway. Yeah. Um... So it was going to be just enough to let them flee the battlefield, yep. but the sniper support will finish them yep. off. So as they're fleeing, Pytex rains crossbow bolts into them. Um, so, yeah, because you didn't hit them in the previous round, no. which is the only reason they're still... Yep, no, so Keston's Bowmen are defeated. Keston's Bowmen are defeated. They hit zero. Okay. They are eliminated from the board. Uh, at which point shall we pause and roll for a bunch of things? Yep. Okay. Um, so, Keston is actively commanding that, isn't he? Yep. Okay, do you want me to roll his percentiles, or would you like you to? No, you can roll his percentiles. Uh, Keston Garris has been captured. Okay, sweet. I was worried more about killed outright. Uh, what will probably become apparent as you start to get to day two of this is that Iriveti is not with his army anymore. He yeah. has left very rapidly into this by a method no one saw. Presumably he's teleported no, out. That's what he usually always does. Gets in and out. Yeah. Um, so Iriveti is not here and Koth is not here. It's just the army and their commander yep. here. Uh, so Keston has been captured. Yep. Um, you... Gets defeated. Um, no, uh, yes, yeah, so there are several survivors when the army is reduced to zero hit points. It must be replaced by a new army. Rah, 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 rah. Later on, I'll get a p- minus okay. one to, to all my stats because I lost an army. Yep. Yeah, but we don't need to worry about that yep. at this point. And so, that is the second time Keston's bowmen have been completely destroyed and the second time Keston has been captured. So for the moment, reports come back to Kaelin on the wall. You know, nothing's, nothing's left of a standing of Keston's bowmen, my lord. Pytax, uh, a Pytaxian unit dragged him off south towards the border. 
They did their duty. They broke the trolls. And yeah, do we want... It's now ten o'clock. Do we want to leave that there mid-conflict? Or do you want to keep going? Um, I think let's have another round and see how we get on. Okay. Because, um, hang on, how close are we to the end of day two? Uh, that was round one of three for day two. Alright, so let's let's do the next... Th- or rather, sorry, that was the end of round two. Yeah. Was it? No, because Keston's Bowman only had one round. Yeah, yeah. They? The, the, they, um, yeah, I'm getting confused by the range phase. Yeah, hang on. Um, no, they've had they had two rounds. Yes, yeah. That's the end of round two. Yep, so this is so the night. So night has fallen. Yep, so let's do the night phase and finish day two. Yep. Uh, nobody has any advantage or disadvantages from nope. dark vision, so... Alright, and we roll morale. Yep. Alright. Attacks on 13. Yep. The stag runners are upset about what happened to the bowmen and get a seven. Yep. And the centaurs are also upset. Hmm. Even though they were only humans. Cool. Alright, so um, the, uh, these guys are maintaining their current tactics. Okay, which is defensive and... and the, 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 stag, the centaurs are on, on light defense and the stag runners are standard. Cool. Uh, yeah, Pytax can still turn this around. Uh, they are going to go to aggressive. Yep. And then um, the Pytaxians will attack the centaurs. Yep. Mm-hmm. For 23. Yep. And the... Oh, sorry, 25 aggressive. Yep. So um, the centaurs um, take some damage and then a little bit of additional damage and have already been hurt. So that's, um, they're taking six points, so that becomes eight points. Correct, yes. Uh, uh, so that drops them from 20 to 12. It's chippy. Yep. And that is... That's supposed to technically speaking. <laughs> the Pytaxian Regiment gains a new tactic mid-battle. Mm-hmm. Um... The um, centaurs um, endeavour to shoot the Pythaxians. Yep. Um, roll better than usual. But roll goodish, but probably not good enough. They're defending themselves. Yeah. Um, so, uh, that's an eighteen. That is not going to do it. Yep. Oh wait, yes it is, but not enough to deal any damage. Yep. All equal. Yep. Okay, and the. Um, stag runners. Crit. Okay. So I need the total first. Okay, so, um... They hit automatically, which is 99% of the time irrelevant. Yeah. They hit on 20 anyway. Um, that's a, um, 33. Okay, and then roll a d4 on top of that. Cool. For the additional crit damage. Uh, an additional 3. Okay, so Functionally at 36. Uh, can I have the calculator for a moment? Sure. That's That's all we need. Because the centaurs are um, looking at trying to get back out. Okay, so 
The Pytaxian regiment turns hard on your centaur army, recognising where the source of the inspiration is coming from, and spears into them with their various pikes and swords and starts actually doing a good job of running them down. However, that leaves them their aggressive tendencies exposed to the stag runners who just sweep in on their mounts and cleave into them and drop hundreds of people in that charge. Uh, of the 2,000 men that were here, over 1,000 of them are dead. Sweet. Down. Yeah. But that's not enough to bring them down to... No, they yeah. have not hit their... They, they, they are, they are so. over half, they are not at three quarters. Yeah, so this is still anyone's fight. Yeah. Because the centaurs are going to have to either get destroyed or pull out on the next round. Yep. And do we want to... Um, well, that is the end of day two. Yep. And the wyverns are doing things again. Right, yep, okay, so, um, yeah, we probably want to stop there, but we'll need to make some notes about um, where the very, if we probably, I think I can keep the stat sheet about where my armies are at, and we can note down the various um, positions of the um, armies on the on the hexes. So let's um, do the wyvern thing for a moment. Roll me a d20. I have a 13. I have a 5. Okay. So, the Wyverns, so you understand their options, uh, they're not going to sit around for a month and heal, obviously. Yeah. Um, if they choose not to move and just basically stay in that hex and heal, they heal up to their CR, hit points equal to their CR, and then get a loyalty check to try and um, heal additional ones. Um, or they can move, at which point they could go wherever they please. Yeah. Um, you are the first one going on the lower roll. Yep. So you can move your armies where you please. You can't move the ones that are engaged in Elk's Rest because they've spent the day fighting. The Wyverns have spent the day doing something. Your other armies have spent the day doing a thing. Yeah. Um, which might be sitting on their asses. It might be going to Elk's Rest. It might be... Yeah, no, so... And the Vanhold defenders are free to do as they please at this point. They're no longer engaged in combat with anyone. Yeah. Um, on the other hand, they don't desperately want to cross the road past the Wyverns and yep, be yep, eaten it's, by... It, it's a legitimate risk. Yeah, because um, they don't have a, like they're not a particularly tough army. Yep. They're great behind a wall. Um, so my guys are going to stay put where they are. The Cobalt defenders don't want to uncover Lakeview. If yep. they leave it, it's very wyvernable. Yep. And indeed, what happens is the wyverns do not stop. They head to Lakeview. It was a good call not to um, to leave the kobolds in there because they are um, without that they're, they're just going to hurt Lakeview a lot. Whereas in that, I think they're going to be sorry they missed with the tiny kobolds. So, as we pause there, you see Mech Mech look out. Oh no! <laughs> as a squad of wyverns, damaged and injured and bleeding, but still sweeping in over Lakeview, as we continue on with the War of the River Kings. Dun, dun, dun.